0: Thank you for listening to a special edition of the Lang Money Hour. The following broadcast is from Jim Lang's most recent in-person seminar held on February 8th, 2020 at the Crown Plaza Hotel and Suites in the South Hills section of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This special retirement workshop was attended by near 100 retirees seeking protective strategies against the death of the stretch IRA in the form of the SECURE Act, that went into law effective January 1st, 2020. And now, Jim Lang.
1: I don't know how to say it nicely because most of you are pretty smart folks and you're pretty responsible, but there's one thing that you're not so good at as as a group, spending. Most of you guys are not great spenders so you're not gonna die broke I know that a lot of you fear you're gonna die broke with one exception and that's because she was young and broke when she came in and she was terminally ill but other than that person I've never had anybody die broke again I've been doing this 35 years so if you're not gonna die broke and there's gonna be some money left over wouldn't it be nice if we could figure out a way maybe have the kids get some money while they're young maybe it makes more sense at Joe's death instead of leaving everything to his wife maybe we can leave some of it to his kids so they can do some things while they are young or provide for his grandchildren's education or help them with a down payment for a home or whatever it might be And see I just don't know what's going to happen so this flexible estate plan of deciding later I believe is the best answer for a traditionally married couple okay does that make sense to folks Um, before I talk a little bit more about it are there any questions is it is it clear uh, you, you need you need the right language but I do want to um, respond to questions go ahead what is, the magic of the nine months? what is the magic of the nine months the nine months is a state law that says you ha- the surviving spouse or for that matter any survivor has nine months to disclaim so let's say that Joe dies his wife is so sad she goes into a drunken stupor and she doesn't come out for 10 months and she comes out 10 months later she missed the opportunity to disclaim what happens then she gets everything Um, and so that's Pennsylvania law and I think that that's state law in just about any state that I can think of but that that is the significance let me tell you what happens in reality Um, when Joe dies Joe's wife doesn't typically come to our office by herself she typically will come with one of the adult children if if you think about your own situation you probably even know which kid is going to be in the room with the surviving spouse we are in no hurry For somebody to make a decision we always say you know there's no nothing that needs to be done quickly all right take your time with this this is very important information the truth is we already know what's usually appropriate and you know Matt has overseen that the legal word is disclaimers of many millions of dollars probably hundreds of millions of dollars enriching our clients family by tens of millions of dollars Um, and that he was never in a hurry to do that he knew what to do but again the idea is you know obviously somebody's very vulnerable they just lost their spouse or after the second death the kids have the same opportunity they can keep it for themselves or they can disclaim to their kids and by the way for the disclaimer normally the only way the grandkids get any money is if their parent is gone in our documents the child the money can go to the grandkids and this kid can still be alive so we can make this kid the trustee of the trust but anyway we have nine months to make that decision and we're never in a hurry okay there was a one over here yes sir yeah if you have one spouse left and you say distributed to the children early like that um that spouse is going to take a hit on taxes taking it out, and then the children they're gonna, they're at a good age where they're at a low income so that they're gonna take a low tax too. Is there any way to avoid that family getting a double hit like that? Um, so by the way, since I'm an attorney, I'm allowed to take any question, to answer any other question. Um, but, but, but the premise of the question isn't accurate. The, when you disclaim, what disclaiming is, is disclaiming has the legal impact as if you predeceased so joe joe leaves the money to his wife she disclaims all right there's that is not a taxable event all right it would be the same tax as if she had predeceased she was gone and joe was just leaving it to her kids so we're not going to have a tax here we're going to have a tax here and whether that's appropriate or not the truth is i don't know so that's why I want to make that decision nine months after Joe's gone okay but but it's not going to be a double tax so the disclaimer act is the key that prevents that the disclaimer prevents that and the the disclaimer really is about maximizing the value for the family in a way that we can't predict right now and for whatever it's worth if you give the estate attorney these tools these options they can potentially save tens of millions and millions of dollars I can't tell you how many millions of dollars we saved of people even just dying last year by disclaiming to the next two generations and even though we have this miserable law right now who's to say that this law is still going to be in effect at your death I say put it off. Yes, sir. Uh, Jim, I thought when let's say the husband dies, the wife would not have to pay a tax on what she inherits. And, And the question is, again, I'm going to rephrase, Jim, what is the transfer and income tax impact of leaving money to a surviving spouse? And as the gentleman actually is correct, there is no transfer tax there is a 100% um, unlimited transfer or exclusion um, in both federal purposes and for Pennsylvania purposes you can thank governor rich for that so you can leave a billion dollars to your spouse and there's no tax all right there's no transfer tax there's no income tax all right which is one of the reasons why spouses are such good beneficiaries but not always the best okay that that answer it um by the way in different states there's different rules and one of the things you have to be careful about when you if you're doing a will when you are a Pennsylvania resident is I always ask people are you going to stay a Pennsylvania resident and by the way I'm I'm partly worried about transfer tax but let let me tell you what I'm really worried about I'm worried about income tax let me tell you the stupidest thing that you can do from an income tax standpoint work your career in Pennsylvania and then go retire in New York or California all right really dumb why because in Pennsylvania you never got a break when you put money in your retirement plan you ever notice your PA wages were always higher than your federal wages that's because they didn't give you a break when you put money in your IRA and your 401k and your 403 B so, the good thing about Pennsylvania is when you take it out, they don't, hit, they don't hit you. So, Pennsylvania is a bad place to work, but a good place to retire. But let's say that now you're a Pennsylvania resident, you have this great big IRA, and then you decide to move to California or New York. Well, California and New York doesn't care that you paid the tax already, they're going to make you pay it, pay it again. There you're gonna probably maybe pay ten percent instead of three percent. So that's a miserable way to do it, but sometimes people do it. Usually, by the way, people are following their daughter who moved and had children. All right? That's usually the biggest move after after retirement. Matt. Just a quick comment. So the last couple of questions have sort of have highlighted That when the first spouse passes away when everything goes to the second spouse you don't consider a disclaimer and that income tax bracket for the single spouse maybe the married spouse was in 24% the single spouse might be in 35% and the tax bracket consideration is heightened now because we're not in a position where we can create these multi-generational
0: legacies
1: of IRA wealth so that's why the disclaimers become of greater importance yeah so so but by, by the way I, math's a little bit well radically different than 99% of the estate attorneys and the reason is Matt understands math um, he has a math degree from Northwestern most estate attorneys are hopeless when it comes to math and numbers I'd probably do maybe three or four workshops um, for estate attorneys they get continuing ed- education credits and you think I'm kidding I have to kind of dumb it down for them when we get to the numbers part you think I'm kidding I'm not um, the, the engineers are hopeless the financial advisors aren't a lot better we have a couple in the room some are I'll tell you the people who are best at getting this are actually CPAs they get the math but one of the beautiful things about Matt is he gets the math so these you know what he's bringing up how many estate attorneys are saying are thinking "Oh, gee, when you're married you're gonna be in a lower tax bracket after the first death the surviving spouse is gonna be in a much higher tax bracket let's plan for that by doing some Roth IRA conversions and possibly disclaiming and doing some other things and saving the family hundreds of thousands or a million dollars I'll tell you hardly anybody but Matt does that in his sleep, and I get emails you know, at two in the morning, hey, I just figured out we ought to do Roth IRA conversions up to 24% because the tax bracket's gonna go up. But that, that's the kind of thing that you get from CPAs. You don't get that from estate attorneys, except in our office. Uh, there was a question in the back. Go ahead. Hey, Jim, do you have to have that disclaimer in the original? will prior to either spouse deceased. all right so the question is do you have to have the disclaimer written in <laughs> I like to have the disclaimer written in because I want it to be crystal clear if you disclaim who it goes to the other reason I like to have it in is because it it gives warning I, I mean we, we administer the vast majority of the, the estates That we actually draft but people move things happen let's say that you do this let's say that you do your documents with us and we don't write in if you disclaim this is what happens and you move to another state and you die and somebody's doing your estate plan and 90 I don't know what the percentage is but hardly anybody would think of doing anything other than just leaving it to your wife but if there's some language in there, if I disclaim, this is what happens. Well, that's kind of like an alarm. Oh, gee, what does that mean? What did what did Dad have in mind? So we always want to do it. The other thing is we are belt and suspenders estate attorneys. I want to make the documents crystal clear. I can't tell you how many times we've looked at existing wills, and and even us with. You know me 35 years Matt uh, 25 years experience doing this and he worked for the finest firms some of the big shot down town town firms before he worked with me we don't even understand what it what the words mean and what to do I want it to be crystal clear is it absolutely necessary no it's just good practice there's a lot of questions I'll take a couple more and then we'll go on go ahead if the somebody spouse disclaims and then it goes to say, the children, does she get any use of that money? The question is does she get any use of the money? In the old days we used to consider a disclaimer where she gets the income. all right? Since in the IRA world that is an income tax disaster we don't even give them a stupid option okay it used to make sense to have in certain circumstances to have a disclaimer where the spouse got the income now with IRAs even before it didn't make a lot of sense um, it's a really bad idea and I will tell you one of my theories of estate planning the first thing that you do is you make the pie bigger okay you've died with a certain amount of money if you're going to be stupid about taxes now you have a smaller pie most estate attorneys are worried about how are we going to divide up what the, the pie that's not the right starting point in my opinion in my opinion the right starting point is how do we make the pie bigger And now we'll try to figure out how to cut it up if we need income for the spouse but we still want money to go to the kids then we figure out something else maybe we have money after tax go to the spouse or after tax go to the kids or a life insurance or I'm always looking to, the reason why I can't stand, and by the way, the name of this trust that he's talking about, it's a very common trust, and it goes by a couple variations. One was called the Unified Credit Shelter Trust, the B Trust, Uh, a slight variation of that was called a Q-tip Trust. So these concepts of spouse gets the income and the death goes uh, to the kids, or even to the kids of the first marriage, is a very old concept, but when you're talking about IRAs what you are doing is you are massively accelerating the income tax and I can't stand it so I don't even want to give somebody a stupid option okay I can live with that with after-tax dollars but not IRA dollars so if you want that my starting point is let's figure out a different way to survive for the surviving spouse to have the appropriate income maybe by disclaiming less so let's say there's a two million dollar estate and you were thinking well I want the spouse to get the income and I want the kids to get the remainder well maybe you just have well spouse gets 1.5 kids get 500 and you end up more or less where you think you were in terms of dividing the pie but you saved a half a million dollars for the family. Okay, first start with making the pie bigger. And again, for virtually everybody in the room, the problem isn't transfer tax, it's income tax. Okay, a couple more. Yes, sir. So, uh, you, you uh, disclaim to an adult child, does that start the 10-year clock for
0: their IRA when you
1: disclaim it? The, and the second question is from a Pennsylvania perspective, do they owe Pennsylvania Inheritance tax, which I guess is 4.5% for a child. All right. Well, I will, again, since I'm an attorney, I'll rephrase the question. What are the transfer tax and what are the income tax uh, consequences of a disclaimer by a spouse to a child? Well, first of all, let's assume that the disclaimer is to a child who is a lineal heir, child, grandchild there is a four and a half percent transfer tax inheritance tax so you are increasing the inheritance tax when you are doing that which is an which is one reason not to do it um, on the other hand if the money is invested and it doubles say in ten years at seven percent then we just saved a huge amount of transfer tax when the spouse died but but the answer but the direct question is if you disclaim and it goes to somebody other than the spouse are you increasing pennsylvania inheritance tax and the answer is yes you are okay the second question is does that start the 10-year clock running for the child and the answer is yes it does okay unless the child is a minor oh the, the other exception that i forgot to mention very important exception um is if the child is disabled all right so disabled child children can can stretch the um, inherited IRA just like they did under the old law okay okay so I'm gonna move on Um, I'm sorry this I think the computer thinks people think we have nothing better than to repeat the computer about eight times a day so we're going to decide later and i'm going to say that if you like the flexible plan then give your spouse and give the estate attorney complete reign do it give him do it for the iras do it for the Roth iras do it for the after tax dollars do it for the house do it for the insurance and that way like we'd said for this gentleman's question he wanted to make sure that his wife was okay before he disclaimed Well, maybe it might make sense, which, by the way, is the exact opposite of what it was last year. It might make sense for the wife to get um, the IRA and the kids to get after-tax dollars. That would be more, at least in the short term, income tax efficient. But if you don't have the disclaimer for the after-tax dollars, then you can't do what you wanted to do so I'm all for flexibility and I mean it's it's always tragic when somebody dies and I don't remember my clients as well as I did 30 years ago I remember the old ones a lot better and when somebody dies um, and unfortunately we're getting more and more uh, by the way this room is somewhat typical of the ages that tend to come to these things and we work with It was the same thing 30 years ago and we've done over i think 2,600 wills starting more than 30 years ago and quite a few people have died and i was one of the very very early people who did this type of flexible documents so we've had a lot of people die with these documents and of course it's tragic when somebody dies but if we can provide or over provide for the surviving spouse And save taxes and marshal money to the appropriate generation based on the family need at the time of the first and the second death isn't that what we really want to do I I think it is Uh, works again I'm going to give the spouse the choice on the Roth IRAs the regular IRAs annuities insurance etc etc so this is not a crazy concept Um, I have been advocating this um, since and I've been doing it in practice in the mid 90s hardly anybody was doing this and I read about it and it just made sense to me so without a lot of support I was including it in the documents I was drafting and in 1998 I did an article for a peer-reviewed journal called the tax advisor and I explained what I was doing and the peer reviewers loved it and then I just got all kinds of attention um i put it in a book that was endorsed by charles schwab and jane bryan quinn and ed slot who's kind of like the big shot ira guy larry king burton malkiel uh, i think we have test 60 different testimonials so this is not wild cowboy stuff it, i've been doing it for a, more than 30 years well tested and the experts in the field are um great advocates of it um it's been in newsweek it's been in kiplingers wall street journal multiple times three versions of retire secure uh we've drafted quite a few of them and we have overseen um many estates that well The insurance euphemism is um, when the policy matures (laughs) after somebody dies. Um, We've 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 done this for years, and it's been a terrific plan. Okay, Um, the result, um, and let's see. Your name is Lloyd. All right, Lloyd. He wants to make sure that his spouse is okay before there's any disclaimer well if we give Lloyd or more accurately Lloyd's wife all the options then we can make sure that she is provided for and if I err I'm gonna err on over providing for the spouse not under providing I'd rather your family pay a little bit more tax or the kids are in a little bit of a tougher situation than under providing for the spouse so if we see a situation when maybe the perfect mathematical amount is seven hundred thousand we might say well disclaim five hundred thousand or whatever it might be because again I, I never want to underprovide for the surviving spouse which if you remember that was the first thing that you wanted to happen provide for the surviving spouse and what happened When people drafted these trusts these q-tip trusts and the B trusts and everything else they were doing the exact opposite of what the client asked for the estate attorney was trying to save transfer taxes which is really stupid now because we don't have a federal transfer tax for married people unless you have more than 22 million dollars now now it's probably gonna come back down again that's another issue but anyway be, be, be smart about providing for your spouse and be smart about uh, taxes. Um, so again, I've, t- I've been in front of thousands and thousands of people. Um, I've taught it to lots of attorneys. I used to teach this to financial advisors. Um, if you include the, the books and stuff, I'm sure I've read, reached hundreds of thousands of people. We hope you enjoyed this
0: special edition of the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. If you've discovered the answers to your questions and would like to schedule an appointment with Jim, please call Alice at our offices at 1-800-387-1129. That number again is 1-800-387-1129. Or if you would like to attend one of Jim's upcoming webinars, go to paytaxeslater.com forward slash 2020webinar. That address again is paytaxeslater.com forward slash 2020webinars. That's 2020webinars.